The Lord can't lift him. <laughs> but I used to say, well, before I go up, I'll have a brand new body, right? The Lord's going to give us a brand new body. I'm going to take a nice thin one. Thank you very much. Amen. We get to heaven, we can eat all the good things that God's got prepared for us and never gain any weight. That's going to be heaven itself, right? Now, I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to tomorrow night's big supper. Are we going to have any Filipino foods down there? We have to have some lumpia and some uh, baron, right? <laughs> All right. And uh, some kinilao. <laughs> And all those good foods. How about some Russian food? We're going to have some of that? All right. Downstairs. All right. Good. And uh, maybe we'll get some uh, Puerto Rican food. Amen? That's, uh, that's uh, what is it? Uh, jamon patatas. Ham and potatoes. Mixed together. Yeah, that's a, that's a Puerto Rican food. Yeah. I've been everywhere. I remember all the foods. Amen? You can tell by looking at me, I like to eat. Julia has been cooking some delicious food. Did you ever eat any Julia's biscuits? Boy, I'm telling you what. You take some of them biscuits, wow. Put a little bit of butter on them biscuits. And I'll tell you, that really is a good meal. Thank God for biscuits. I grew up on biscuits. My mama fixed biscuits like Julia fixes biscuits. And uh, so I really enjoy that. All right, turn to your Bibles. I'm not going to preach on food tonight. <laughs> I'm going to preach about a little bit about eating here, but it's not the kind of eating that you're going to like, I don't think. We're going to look at the book of Proverbs, and we're going to look at uh, Proverbs chapter 26, and we're going to look at verse number 13. You know where Proverbs is, don't you? It's in the New Testament, right? No, it's not. Uh, chapter 26, and we're going to look at verse number 13, 14, and 15. Then I have some other verses to go to, so keep your Bible kind of there, because we're going to look at several verses tonight. This is what it says, the slothful man, that means a lazy man, the slothful man saith, there is a lion in the way. A lion is in the streets. As the door turneth upon his hinges, so doth the slothful man upon his bed. The slothful hideth his hand in his bosom, and it grieveth him to bring it again to his mouth. Talking about a lazy man, just a lazy man. And this lazy man looks out in the street, and what do you think he sees? He sees a great big African lion in the streets. Wow. Now, what would you do if you would look out your door and see a big lion out there? Big old furry mane. Big old square face, teeth. Boy, they hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds, those big beasts weigh. 
What would you do? Just go to sleep and ignore that line? Would you jump under the covers and pull the covers over your head? Maybe you'd hide your cat food. (laughs) Or your kitty litter. (laughs) What would you do if you looked out and saw a big lion out in the street? Well, here it says this lazy man just tosses around in his bed. Now, I don't like a lazy person. Do you? A lazy, shiftless man that won't work and won't take care of himself. My dad used to tell the story when I was a boy about a lazy, lazy man. Farmer. Wouldn't work, and he was starving to death. So all the farmers, all of his neighbors, back those years ago, everybody watched over everybody else, you know, on the farms. And uh, the, farmer said, the farmers got together and said, you know, old lazy Joe over here is going to die this year of starvation because he won't work and he won't get anything to eat, so he's going to starve to death. And he said, uh, come on, don't look at me like that, just a joke, you know. And he said, Joe's going to starve to death this winter, so, uh, or this summer, so uh, maybe we better go bury him now as to wait about the time the harvest comes and we won't have time to bury him. So let's just go bury him now. So they went up to his house and they made a casket out of wood and they put old Lazy Joe in there. He didn't even complain about putting him in there because it was kind of comfortable. And they started him down the road in that casket. And they met another farmer on the way and the farmer said, What is this? Did somebody die? said, no, this is old lazy Joe. said, you know how he is. He's so lazy. He won't work and, and he don't have anything to eat. He's going to starve to death. And we're afraid he's going to starve to death when we need to harvest the crops and we can't stop our harvesting to bury him. So we're just going to bury him now. Well, the farmer on the side of the road said, man, don't do that. He said, I know he's lazy and he won't have a crop. But he said, don't bury him alive like that. said, uh, I'll give him a bushel of corn. No, Joe raised up out of the casket and said, Is it shell? He said, Well, no, it's ears of corn. He said, Just drive on, boys. He was so lazy, he wouldn't shell it even for food. There's a proverb in Haiti that says, A man is so lazy that uh, if you put food in his mouth, he wouldn't chew it. Lazy. Uh, in Spanish, it's perezoso, lazy man. Here is a lazy man, and a lion is out in the street. This big old fearful beast. Now, I want to impress you that a lion is a very fearful wild beast. My wife and I one time went to the circus in Cleveland, Ohio. It was a grotto circus. And when we went into the arena where it was going to take place with some other friends of ours, we could hear a great big old lion roaring. Roar, roar, roar. And we didn't know what was happening. I, I thought maybe it was just a sound effect or something. And pretty soon out came the Tarzan Zerbini, he called himself. And he was riding an elephant. And he had clothes on about like Tarzan. 
And he jumped off the elephant and ran into the lion's cage. And they turned the lions loose. And the lions came, the female lions came roaring in there. And he popped them and cracked them and got them up on, on, the, on some things, some stanchions there. And then the old male lion, they turned him loose, and he fought all the female lions. Hair was flying, blood was flying, till he got to Tarzan Zerbini, and he grabbed him. And right there in front of us, we saw this great big roaring male lion grab this guy and start biting him and tearing at his flesh. I mean, people were passing out around there, and the police came running out with their guns for fear that that lion would get out of the cage. And this lion tamer was saying, don't shoot my lion, don't shoot my lion, I'll take care of him. But that lion was eating him up. And finally, the lion tamer's dad and sister came out with poles, and they jabbed that lion. And finally, I mean, the lion, the lion got the guy down, and uh, it took 500 stitches to patch him up. You could see him just bite his arm, and his teeth just disappear. And they had to give him special shots. Because on that lion's teeth there was fungus that if it got into his blood vein, it would kill him, you know. It was like a poison as a snake, they said. I mean, a, a lion is a fearful beast. A great big old African lion. When I was in Kenya preaching, I bought some lion's teeth. I gave each one of our kids one. And one of them's a great big old eye tooth here, that long and it was worn down to the, to the uh, nerve, and it was hollow, that tooth was. And I just thought, how many, how many little animals did that lion chew on their bones to get that tooth worn down there? A lion is a fearful beast. Now, here is a lazy man. He looks out in the street, and he sees a lion. Well, I don't know about you, but that would make me very much afraid. I mean, I'm afraid of a dog, so little you can't even tell which end the bark comes out of. A little fuzzy dog. Let alone a lion. A big, wild lion. I've got to tell you another one. In Chicago, uh, I, well, I was preaching a sermon one time, and a man came up to me and said, Brother Clayton, I used to sell popcorn in the Chicago Zoo. And he said, right next to the lion cages. And he said, one day, he said, that the lions were roaring and, and everything. And he said, uh, he said, I looked over there and he said, there was a little girl. Somehow, nobody knows how it happened, but she got too close to the lion's cage. She's just a tiny little girl, just two or three years old. And said, that old male lion looks so docile and laying around. Said he jumped up. And reached out and grabbed that little girl and pulled her through the bars. And he said he grabbed her up in his mouth and crunched. And he said her arms and legs slumped. And then he said he dropped that baby on the floor and stood up on it and roared. Because he'd killed his prey. Great big old wild ferocious beast a lion is. I want to establish that in your minds before I really get into the message tonight. A lion is a wild, wild, ferocious beast. 
Have you ever seen one? Have you ever gotten up close to them? I certainly wouldn't want to. Uh, I certainly wouldn't want to tackle that thing, right? I heard of a guy said one time he reached in his pocket and he pulled out a pen knife, and he said, "You see that knife right there?" He said, "I cut off the tail." Of a great big male lion with that knife. Oh, he said, you did? My goodness, that sounds brave. He said, of course, he said, I would think you were braver if you'd have cut off his head. Oh, he said, I couldn't do that. He said, why couldn't he? He said, because his head already been cut off. So he wasn't so brave after all, was he? I just hate to tackle a lion with any kind of a instrument. Or any kind of defense, a sword or a gun or anything else. I mean, because the Bible says that a lion is a ferocious, man-eating, man-destroying beast. And uh, <clears throat> in Swahili in Africa, they call a lion a Simba. And one time we were up in the up in Kenya preaching, and when we got up there preaching in Kenya, we went to see this old man that lived way up in the mountains. He's, uh, I, nobody knew how old he was. Everybody was sure that he was more than 100 years old. Great old Christian gentleman. He said he was the first convert of the first missionary that ever came to Tanzania. Tanzania. Used to be Tanzania, now it's that's, uh, what is it, some other name. But anyhow, Tanzania. And he said that, uh, he was telling us all about the, the uh, white man, they call him a Wazugu. And he said, he said, the first white man that came to Tanzania, he said, I saw him on a railroad track. He said he was smoking a cigar. And he said, I told my mother when I got home, oh, mama, Stay away from the Wazungu, because fire and smoke comes out of his mouth. He was smoking that cigar. First time he'd ever seen anybody smoke. And we asked him, did you ever kill a lion? He said, oh, yes. He said, I, I, killed, a, I killed a Simba. We said, how did you kill Simba? He said, well, I would show Wazungu where Simba was. And when Simba was eating Wazungu... I would kill Simba. Then he laughed, just a joke, you know. But it's not a joke. A lion is a wild, ferocious beast. And the Bible talks about a lion. And this is what the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober. Be vigilant. Amen. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking to whom he may devour. Now we know that a lion is a wild, ferocious beast. They slip around at night and they pounce upon their prey and they kill it without any hesitation. Wow. That's a wild African lion. Now the Bible says that the devil is like the lion. He's a devouring, ferocious beast trying to destroy you. 
Let me tell you that the devil is your enemy. He's the enemy of all Christians. He always has been. He always will be. And probably the problems, the temptations you have, and the attacks that you have, and, and the problems you have as a Christian, probably that is energized and invented and brought to you by the powers of Satan and the demons that he controls. Let me tell you that Satan is your enemy. He wants to destroy you. Please remember that. I mean, sometimes it seems like that certain things are appetizing or interesting or inventive. But really, they're the, they're the works and the, prob- the powers of Satan that want to destroy you. The devil is a roaring lion seeking to mo- some way to devour you. He always has devoured the Christians. When we were in Rome, we went to see the catacombs where they buried the Christians that were martyred for Christ in Rome. And here is these graves dug out of the soft stone in the subterranean area of the city of Rome. And even down the Appia Way, there are, there are caves down there where they buried the Christians. And a man was showing us them. And he said, now here is a man's, probably a man because it's long. And here was a little grave about that long. And I, I said, is that, a, is that a grave of a baby? He said, no. He said, they didn't bury babies here. He said, that's probably all that was left of the man after the lions got through in the Roman arenas. You see, the devil is a roaring lion seeking to devour the Christians. We've got a real enemy, friends. And that real live enemy wants to destroy this church. He wants to destroy this preacher. He wants to destroy every preacher, every man of God. He wants to destroy what you're trying to do. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your kids. He wants to destroy your testimony. He wants to destroy your health. Because the devil, like a roaring lion, is your enemy. And don't you forget it. Wow. Of course, uh, you may have a lion in your life right now. You know, years ago, my wife and family and I went to a zoo. And in that zoo, there was uh, some people that took care of the lions. And they had just had some brand new little baby lions born. Cutest thing you ever saw in your life. They are they're just purry, cute little furry baby animals. And this man had one, and he uh, he brought it out there. And, and as I remember, I think we all pet it. I know the kids did pet that lion. And that little lion cub cur- purred like a kitten. The man said, now you be careful of his claws and his teeth. Because they're real sharp, or razor sharp. But it was just a little baby lion. I mean, it was the cutest little thing, a little cub. They call him little cub lion. Beautiful little cub lion. And uh, he was just pettable and lovable. The man, the handler there just handled him any way he wanted to. 
And a woman was going to give him a bottle of milk, a special kind of milk that they had stirred up for this little lion cub to drink. Just a little lion cub. I said, how long would it take for this lion to get full grown? And he told how many months and years it would take to get this lion fully grown, but that he would grow. He's just a baby now, but he's going to grow. And he's going to grow faster than you can hardly imagine. This little cub's going to grow, and he's going to keep on growing until he gets to be a great big lion. And he said, then you wouldn't be able to pet him. He said, maybe some of us could, but you couldn't pet him. I heard about a man who was selling insurance, and he walked into his house and sat down in the front room, and he was sitting there trying to sell this man insurance, a great big nice house, and he said, into the front room right in front of him walks a great big lion, and he said, the lion just walked right by him, went up to the fireplace, and bloop, bloop, laid down. And he said, the man said, oh, I forgot to tell you, I have a lion as a pet in the house. If I'd have been that man, I wouldn't have tried to sell him insurance. I'd have been looking for me an exit. I'd have been getting out of there because that lion may not like me like it does that man. You know what I mean? That, that, that lion belonged to that man, not me. That's the way I would feel about it. But, but, you know, a lion can grow. And even though it's a baby, it's going to grow big. You know, if you've got a lion in your life, some kind of a lion in your life, it can grow from a little cub to a full-size problem. You say, well, Brother Clayton, you know, all it is, I've got, I've got a little wine and booze in my refrigerator. It's not that I use much of it or I, I, I just have it there, you know, for my guests or friends. I, and of course, you've got children, right? Purr, purr, growl. It's going to grow. All, all I do, look, I just look at uh, some X-rated movies, Brother Clayton, at home, where nobody else sees them, uh, it doesn't bother me. Roar! We had a, in our son's church, they had a family there I'd known for many years because I'd started the church in 53 or 54. Now my son's a pastor of the church. And that family had been in that church a long time, but they had lost both of their boys, and they both of their boys... One of them was in the penitentiary and the other one ought to be there. And they've been faithful to that church a lot of years. And there was a policeman in that church that was a, a member of the church and he was trying to work with them boys to get them straightened out, you know. And I asked him one day, I said, why is it, why do you think that them, them people lost those boys? Because I had been working with one of the boys that ended up in the penitentiary and... and uh, you know, I was interested in it and in them. And I said to the policeman, why do you think happened here? He said, I can tell you, Brother Clayton, very plainly. He said, I went over to talk to him one night. And he said, uh, about their sons. And he said, the man and his wife went in the kitchen. 
to, uh, to fix some coffee for us to drink. He said, I was just sitting in the front room, and he said, there was a stack of videos on the floor. He said, it kind of caught my attention, and I looked down. He said, they were filthy, X-rated movies that that family had been watching. Oh, Brother Clayton, we just do it in our house. Nobody else, it doesn't affect anybody. Roar! It's just a little kitten, Brother Clayton. It's just... It's just some little pet sin that I do. Roar! I guess we have lost more preachers in the last year or two out of the ministry because of sin than we've ever, that I've ever heard of before. And it starts with a bunch of little things. Oh, how the devil is master of bringing little things into your life and our lives to try to destroy us. And before we know it, bingo, they're there. And it looks tameable, it looks controllable, like a baby lion, but those things grow. Grow up to the place where they can devour you. I don't need I don't think I need to get up here and spell them out and say this sin, that sin, another sin, another sin, this sin, that sin, this sin is a sin, this is a sin. You know, the Holy Spirit will do that to you if you're a Christian. He'll he'll tell you what's wrong. I don't have to tell you what's wrong, you know. And the Bible will tell you what's wrong. You know, it's just the way it is. I mean, God, God will speak to us and show us what's wrong in our lives. And, you know, what we need to do is we need to take care of that lion when he's a little cub and handleable and something that we can control. It grows. It grows. There's a lion in the streets. And what are you going to do about that lion out there in the streets? Well, it produces a danger, does it not? Your mother may be walking the dog and the lion devour her and the dog. It may kill the neighbor's kids or the neighbor's wife. It's a a dangerous problem. You know, uh, sometimes we don't realize how dangerous a problem the sins of our lives are. One thing is, the Bible says that God will not hear your prayers if you have iniquity in your heart. You may have a legitimate prayer, something that God will want to do, but because of a lion in your life uh, that builds up and builds up, God says He's not going to commit Himself to hear your prayer. It's a problem. I'm dwelling on this. I'm working on this to get you to see that little sins can become like the roaring lion in your life to devour you. What are you going to do about it? Look at Judges, the book of Judges. Remember Joshua, Judges? Way back in the New Testament, Old Testament, I mean. 
Look at book of Judges. And I want us to look at uh, Judges chapter 14. You probably remember the story about Samson. Judges chapter 14. Look at... Uh, oh, I'm in Joshua. I need to get in Judges. Judges 14. You'll probably beat me there. I, want to, I think it's about verse 5, 6, something like that. Yeah, here it is. Judges 14, verse 5. Then went Samson down and his father and his mother to Timnath. They have just uh, about five years ago discovered where Timnath was. And they've been digging around. They found all kind of evidence that exactly what it says here was in Timnath. And came to the vineyard, vineyards of Timnath. And behold, a young lion roared against him. Now here's Samson going to Timnath. And when he gets to Timnath, he starts in the vineyards. The vineyards are around the city. They've, they've discovered that too, that there are evidence that there were vineyards there. And when he gets out in those vineyards, a young lion is in the vineyards, probably looking for little animals that would try to live on the grapes, rabbits or whatever would be there. And when Samson comes up there, this lion attacks him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, in verse 6, and he rent him. Rent him as he would have rent a kid. That is to say, he just grabbed a hold of him and just rent him good like you would a baby goat. And he had nothing in his hands, nothing in his hand, but he told not his father or his mother what he had done, what he had done. That's the end of it. Here's Samson, this mighty man, and you know the story of Samson, do you not? Samson was a man who God chose to afflict the Philistines and gave him special powers. He was able to kill a whole slew of Philistines with a bone, the jawbone of a donkey. Uh, he, was a, he was a mighty man, and God gave him the strength to do that. Now here he is in the vineyard of Timnath, and a lion comes out, and he just grabs that lion, and he rips him. <clears throat> Boy, how'd you be? I'd like to have that kind of strength. Boy, he'd do good in that uh, world, bo- world, world wrestling outfit, wouldn't he? He could just grab them guys and run them. But, you know, I don't think he really attacked that lion as a wrestler. He just wasn't a lion tamer. No, no, God had chosen him to be a judge, a ruler over the Jews. And he, uh, he, he gave him certain powers. He wasn't out there hunting lions. There are some people go hunting lions. And I'll tell you, it takes a certain special guide to lead you to be able to shoot a lion because they're all over the place and they're wild and then I slip out of the bush on you. I heard about this one guy that was going to go lion hunting 
And he, uh, he got him a gun that would shoot a long distance way off. So he could get out there and pop that lion way out there in the Serengeti. And he knew if he hit him, uh, that lion would die before he got to him. He had this special gun way out there. So he got his gun and he was walking through the bush to get out there where he could look out over the plain and see a lion. And while he was walking through there, a great big lion jumped at him that was in the bush close by the road. And the lion jumped at him and he went poppity pop, crash, bang, bang. And he missed the lion because it was a gun that would shoot far off, not up close. And the lion jumped and jumped over his head and went off. He said, boy, if I'm going to be a lion hunter, I've got to get me a gun that will shoot up close. And I've got to have two guns, one up close and one far away. Kind of reminds me of the guy that went to get glasses. Did I tell you about that? He went to get new glasses. And he told the, uh, the doctor, the opt- optometrist, he said, I want three pairs of glasses. He said, why do you want three pairs of glasses? He said, well, one to see up close, you know. And one to see far off. Oh, yeah, he said, I understand, but what is the third pair for? He said, so I can find the other two. And, uh, but he's going to get two guns, one up close and one far off. And he got his gun that he was going to shoot up close. And he got out, <laughs> out there to shoot. And he was shooting at a tin can, getting ready to practice around there. And he heard a noise in the bush. And he looked over, and there was that old lion practicing short jumps. You know, you just don't outfox a lion, you might say. This guy, this, this Samson didn't approach this, this lion as a hunter. He didn't approach him as a wrestler. But he faced him with the power of God. He faced that lion. He didn't run off. He didn't turn his back on him. He faced him. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that we as Christians have certain special powers from God. Resist the devil and he will free from you, the Bible says. The devil, like a roaring lion, wants to devour you, but you resist him. How do you resist him? You resist him with God's Word. You resist him by being faithful in church and obedient to the Lord. You resist the devil by prayer and by seeking the Lord with all your heart. You resist the devil. And he'll flee from you. Wow. You know, uh, the lion is a ferocious beast. And the devil is a ferocious beast. And he wants to devour you. How can I, how can I overcome this wild beast? How can, by the power of God? But it's a, it's a special thing that we have in Christ to help us overcome. Look at Revelation Chapter 5 and verse 5. Last book in the Bible. Book of Revelation, chapter 5 and verse 5. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, listen to this, the lion of the tribe of Judah, that's Jesus, 
the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. The lion of the tribe of Judah. You know, Jesus is associated here with a lion. When I was studying for this sermon, I studied some things about lions. And there was a National Geographic story about a lion pride. A family of lions is called a pride. And there was a, there was a lion pride in this story that had been together for quite, quite a long time and a lot of years. And the way it goes is a lion pride or a lion family has in it one dominant male lion. He's the boss. He controls everything. Anything comes around his, around his female lions, he'll run it off. Because he's the protector. He's the big wild lion. And if a new lion, little baby lion is born, a little cub, he'll let him stay to a certain age and then he'll run him off. Because he don't want any competition in that lion family. And the story that they told in National Geographic was about one lion pride. And this old lion, he had been the dominant lion for many years, but he was getting old. And he knew it. So he let one of the little new lion cubs stay in the pride and start to take over. He was training him how to hunt, and the females were training him how to hunt, and all of that and he let this little new lion cub stay there and start taking over. Because he knew he was getting old and he was going to have to bow out. Well, one day in this story, <clears throat> another lion from, a, from another place had been run off, came up to the pride, a big male lion. And that big male lion was going to try to run that old lion and that new cub off. And take over the females in that pride. And there was a big fight took place. They said there was blood all around there where those lions were fighting. And these two lions, the old lion and the young lion, was fighting this intruder lion. And they fought and fought and fought until the old lion got that intruder lion's head in his mouth. And with that big eye tooth, he crunched down on that head and his tooth went into the brain of the intruder and killed him. You see, the only real natural enemy of a lion is another lion. The devil is a lion. He wants to devour us. He he is is a devouring lion. But Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah, is our protector. And he can beat the devil. We can't beat the devil, but Jesus can. He can overcome the lion in your life, the thing in your life that's wrong. Jesus can give you strength. Jesus can lead you. And the roar of the lion and the attacks of the lion can be subdued by the lion of the tribe of Judah. Wow, what a wonderful, wonderful lion that is. 
Jesus, our Savior. Hallelujah for Jesus tonight. I couldn't beat the devil myself. He's wiser than me. He's stronger than me. He has all of his experience for centuries. He's dealt with Adam's fallen race. I would be putty in his hands. I would be destroyed by him. He could easily ruin my life. And many times he could have ruined it had it not been that Jesus came along. My Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, came along and lifted me up and saved me and led me the way that I should go. I want to ask you a question tonight. Have you got a lion in your life? It could be a lot of things. I, I don't know how it could be. I, I'm not going to start on things like adultery and, and uh, narcotics and all the stuff I could count. But, you know, we believe the Holy Spirit of God speaks to our hearts. Maybe God spoke to you while I was preaching tonight about a lion in your life, about a, about a wrong in your life that the devil is going to let grow and grow and build and build until it becomes a ferocious, uncontrollable beast in your life. How many people have I thought about since I've been here, and I've been preaching here since the beginning of the church, that used to come here and used to be faithful, but along some way along the road, they had a little lion in their life that they petted him? And they purred him and they fed him and he built up and built up and got bigger and bigger and bigger until that lion controlled them. Get the lion out of your life before you go home tonight. Let's bow our heads in prayer. I think that song that we sung a while ago, 238. In our songbook. We're going to sing that in a few minutes. I'm going to ask Julia to come and play that for us tonight. I must tell Jesus. All of my trials. I cannot bear my burdens alone. Play it slower than the tempo it's written in for me tonight. It's a beautiful old song. I must tell Jesus all of my trials. I cannot bear my burdens alone. In my distress, He kindly will help me. He ever loves and cares for His own. I must tell Jesus, yes, I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear my heavy burdens alone. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, Jesus can help me, Jesus alone. You may have a prayer tonight that you want answered. You may, have a, you may have a war going on in your heart that you want to win. You may have a temptation 
that's attacking you. Or abuse of some kind that's attacking you. You say, Brother Clayton, it's more than I can handle. Come to Jesus tonight. Let the lion of the tribe of Judah destroy the devil like a roaring lion seeking to whom he may devour. If you've got a lion in your life tonight, I want you to come to this altar and get that out. How many here tonight say, Brother Clayton, I've got a lion in my life. And I want you to pray for me tonight. Would you slip up your hands? Why don't you just get up out of your seat and come to the altar tonight and talk to God about it right now. Just come on. Just get up out of your seat and come on. Talk to God about that. Don't go home tonight with that lion remaining in your life. Come to Jesus tonight and lay that at the altar tonight. Let Jesus have His will and way in your life. Well, I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. I cannot bear my heavy burdens alone. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. Jesus can help me. Jesus alone. Our Heavenly Father, we come to Thee tonight. I pray that You'd bless us, Lord. Have Your will and way in our lives tonight. We've come to Your altar, to Your church. And we're asking You, Lord, to lift us up and bless us tonight. For Your children. We call out to our Father and we say, Abba, Father. We cry out to Thee, Father, tonight to ask You to help us, Lord, to control this lion in our lives by the power of the Spirit of God and Jesus Christ Himself, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. I pray, Father, tonight that You'd minister to our hearts. And hear our prayers and lift us up tonight, Lord. There's some, Lord, that come here tonight with these heavy burdens. I pray, Lord, that you'd bless them tonight, Lord. Help them to know they're not alone, that the devil attacks all of us. And that he's not through attacking us. There may be worse days ahead than we have now. But bless God tonight, we have a Savior that's able to control and dominate the devil in our lives. Bless us, Lord, tonight. Have your will and way in our lives. Bless us tonight in Jesus' name. I pray. Amen. Number uh, 238 in our songbook. Let's all stand and sing at least one verse of this song again. We sung it a while ago, and it just really touched my heart. And I thought we'd sing it again tonight in the invitation. As we sing it tonight, if you're here and you've never been saved, you don't know if you'd go to heaven or hell if you'd die tonight, please come and meet us here at the front. We'll take the Bible and show you how you can be saved tonight. Know that you're saved. You can't overcome the devil. You can't beat the devil without Jesus. Let me tell you that right now. 
He's the only one. He, Jesus is the only natural enemy of that wicked lion called the devil. We sing this tonight. If you want to be saved, you come as we sing it. I must tell Jesus all of my trials. I cannot bear these burdens alone. In my distress, He kindly will help me. He ever loves and cares for His own. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear my burdens alone. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, Jesus can help me, Jesus alone. Pastor.